0: Hello oh, and welcome back to Burden Burrell Talk. I'm your host, Scott Minton. While our conversations focus mostly on our favorite spirits, please remember that having a solid financial plan can help you avoid feeling as though the volatile stock and bond markets are driving you to drink. Yes, today's episode of Burden Burl Talk is brought to you by Axiom Financial Strategies Group, which is a financial planning-based wealth management firm that serves to maintain our clients' paths to financial success, happiness, and overall well-being. Axiom's mission is to help individuals and families of all size Grow and protect their wealth through an objective, thoughtful advice anchored in deep subject matter expertise. If you have a financial plan but are lacking confidence that you will achieve your goals or would like assistance in developing a financial plan, please reach out to the Axiom team at 812-913-7701 or email them at us at axiomfsg. Dot com please remember to drink and invest responsibly axiom financial strategies group llc is a registered investment advisor advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where axiom and its representatives are properly licensed and exempt from licensure today we are back in the brock bourbon bar with the brock family how are y'all doing
1: Doing well, doing well. Doing and, awesome.
0: And then we have a special guest with us, Mr. Vaughn Scott with Axiom Financial Strategies Group. Is that correct? That is correct. Man, I, I, that's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. And I tell you. So, uh, first of all, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having me. Good deal, good deal. And uh, Vaughn and his company is going to be sponsoring our month of December and what we're going to call Festivus and airing of the grievances. So we're going to do a six-part series where we're going to talk about stuff that we really don't like about bourbon, which is kind of anti-bourbon for a bourbon podcast, but hey, we thought we were going to jump outside the box a little bit. So, But today we're going to talk about a couple of fantastic pours that we have here. We're going to review those, and then we're going to find out a little bit about who you are, what you do, so that way the fans kind of know what's going on. Fair enough.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me again. No problem. And thanks
0: for having me in your home.
1: Absolutely. Not a problem.
0: Yeah. The the, the Brocks are super, super awesome. They let me use their space. My house is under construction right now. So, but I'm almost done. I'm down to the last bathroom. So we're we're in good shape. So anyway, first of all, we we, we have a Bardstown bourbon company, Chateau de Labade, or Labade. I don't know. Labade. Labade. But who's? Labade. There we go. Yeah. French, French stuff. And this is batch number two, so this one was released. Uh, what was it? Probably about what four months ago? Does that sound about right to you, Nick? I believe so. Yes. And what's the proof on that bad boy? Uh, we're 107, coming in one hundred and seven. One hundred and seven. And does it tell what the blend numbers are? Like what kind of whiskeys was on the side there?
3: No, outside of it being a collaborative series, uh, it doesn't not the normal breakdown. You get the
0: with the fusion or the others discovery. Yeah. Okay, I, cu- I couldn't remember on that bottle. It's been a, it's been a couple of months since I looked at it, so. I'll tell you what, the one thing I do love about BBC, though, is 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 the design that they, and the and the time and the care that they put into their bottles. Absolutely. I know they've had
3: a couple other great co- cl- uh, collaborations with uh, Founders. I think they did that one. Yep. Um, and Be- it's always interesting for me because I know that they do a lot of their own uh, contract distilling down there at Bardstown. Right. And I'm wondering if, like, you know, sometimes if they taste something that that really hits – they might just kind of keep that recipe in their back pocket for being able to do
0: something a little bit later. So I don't. I think the contract distilling that they're doing is pretty much two or three different mash bills. That's it. Like they don't offer a wide variety of mash bills, from what I understood. But maybe I'm wrong.
3: Yeah. No. Uh, we recently at uh, another uh, one of the bourbon societies uh, meetings, we had them come over, and they said they have done up to fifty different mash bills. Really? In hmm. the contract distilling?
0: That's crazy. I would. I guess that's probably true. There's probably because of the sheer amount of like brands that are basically being introduced because of their contract distilling they probably wanted a unique mash bill in that situation but i thought that the bulk of like the stuff that they made was like i want to say it was like 70 2010 or something like that i but
3: think some of their own personal stuff is right yes you're you're, you're spot on with that. that there's they only keep to a couple of different mash bills but for the ones that they do the contract for they did say that they they they've done up to 50 different uh types of mash bills
0: so who'd you have out here danny barstown I want to say his
3: name is Matt or Mark. I can't remember okay. what it was, but is he's, uh, he's the master taster gotcha. out there right now. Gotcha. All right. Well, he, cool. He's a nice country boy. He he was very informative and very talkative out yep. there whenever he came.
0: And for those people who, who don't know what the Chateau is, it's finished in an Armagnac cast, right, Vaughn? It is. It is. I was just reading the fine
2: print on the label. It says that it's a blend of a 12-year Kentucky bourbon with a 10-year Tennessee bourbon. Finished in Chateau de la Beau Armagnac casks uh, for sixteen months.
3: Some old Armagnac for how long? Sixteen months.
2: Sixteen that's, months—that's pretty long. That
3: is a long time because you, usually you go between that three and twelve month range that usually yep. is for
0: the finishing. So, so what what are we getting on this, Barbara? You've been you've been sniffing for a while, so I got to I got to believe you got a you got a good nose on this thing.
1: I'm getting some licorice and toffee.
0: I could get the licorice, that Denise, yeah.
1: And I'm getting a little toffee.
0: Yeah. I'm getting, I don't know if it's a toffee as much as, for me, is it's just another sweet note. I'm thinking I'm getting more of like a soft caramel. I was getting a little bit of a, kind of like a, almost a
3: stone fruit, apricot. Yeah. A little smell. That's At least that's what I'm equating that sweetness to.
0: Yeah. There's definitely yeah. some fruit to it.
1: Yeah, definitely fruit. But that licorice and toffee for me are just pulling straight out.
0: Oh, It's got a little bit of an alcohol to it. And I'm sure that's coming from the Armagnac, but I'm trying to put a pinpoint on that one.
3: Pretty decent legs on it too.
0: Yeah, it's got great legs. It's got a lot. All right, the initial pull. Ooh, man, I keep forgetting how good these things are. So a little bit of leather, got some caramel.
3: A little light tobacco.
0: Yeah, light tobacco. Yep. Almost like a, more like the old, uh, like Red Man Chew type tobacco. Not more of, not like a smoker's tobacco, but more like chewing tobacco. A little bit of cherry, though. It's almost like the apricot goes away and it comes in almost like cherry.
3: Very true. Very true. The sweetness kind of changes over, but I think it stays in that
0: stone fruit. What you got, Vaughn? Anything?
2: No, uh, I, I definitely have that apricot smell,
0: but uh, the cherry flavor for sure. Yeah. I like that tobacco coming through.
1: I'm still lost.
0: You're still lost? Not surprised.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a, her first pull, pull of the day, so I think she's trying to get herself antiquated
0: again. Well, well, she's got plenty there to get pulled on, so there's John. John John with the the liberal <laughs> pour. There's plenty there to pull off, even of.
1: more so than I'm usually at. I know that. Yeah. Friendship,
0: yeah. So, so Vaughn, t- tell us a little bit more about what you do and, and 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 why you do it. I I know you're you're like me. You you were a former banker, and now you kind of moved into a different realm.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, essentially, uh, we 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 have our own independent uh registered investment advisory firm now, based in New Albany. Uh So, actually, it worked for. Three of the four largest financial institutions in the world previously, and and had the opportunity to go independent, which we were we were thrilled to do. So, so we do you know basic wealth management, financial planning for folks, and uh, and really the, I think the 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 most rewarding part of what we do, and the why is is really seeing the ability to have a positive impact on people's lives. I mean, we've seen people be able to. Send their kids to college. Uh, we've seen the kids then come back and become clients. I mean, it's it's really having done this for over twenty years now. It's 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 really nice to see the full, you know, circle of life. Unfortunately, you, you shed a lot of tears together too when you lose people. But it's it's really uh, to me, it's much more about, you know, how can we how can we help people really live better lives and uh and and most importantly uh be able to enjoy the time that they have together
0: so i i think that's why you love bourbon so much you can equate the same thing right you, you when you drink a good bourbon it's something that you love and and it and to me i tie bourbon to memories all the time like we talk about this on the show a lot where when i drink something i'm like and barbara's the best at it she's always got some analogy about her grandma's apples or her pappy's, you know, tobacco pipe or some kind of, I I don't know if you even talked about that before, but somebody has, I don't remember who it was, but, but anyway, like that's what I do. I tie to memories and funny thing is like, I always talk about the fact like when I was a kid, I could remember and like, sometimes I taste leather and I'm like, it tastes like a baseball glove to me. And people right. are like, "That's crazy! It you used to chew on your glove. I'm like, "Yeah, every kid in the outfield used to chew on their baseball glove, right?" No, That's all, all you had to do in the outfield That's back right. then. In, or the yeah, really I, was a, young I was a short, fat kid, right, in the right field. I <laughs> chewing on a glove, mm-hmm. either that or tossing it up in the air.
3: There you go, hundred percent.
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting in our, in our business. A lot of people think that it's, especially when you you know people have a lot of resources, they think that it's all about the money. And I, I remind people all the time that I've never seen a Brinks truck following a hearse but people follow hearses. And so I think, you know, the measure of a person's life is really, you know, how many relationships do they enhance along the way? You know, the ability to do that with additional financial resources just changes, you know, some of the capacity or some of the ways that you can do that. But at the end of the day, it's it's really about the personal relationships that we have and, and enhancing those. And fortunately, you know, I think we are good about reminding our clients of that and encouraging them, you know, instead of taking it with them, why don't you why don't you spend it with the family and do things that are meaningful?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. That makes 100%, you know, the hundred percent the truth and and a good information to give to your clients and things to that nature. I know whenever I'm talking with you know because I do a lot of commercial lending and things to that nature, it goes down to the fact that I tell people you know that it's great to invest and it's great to continue to invest, but you also have to enjoy it. You know, like you said, you can't you can't take it with you. So, but it is what it is. So definitely a balance for sure, one hundred percent. So so what got you started into bourbon?
2: <laughs> well, my first experience with bourbon uh I was I was underage drinking out of my mother's liquor cabinet and she had a Maker's Mark bottle that started out, you know, as really good 100% Maker's, makers. Mark, 100% Maker's and Became by the time I graduated makers. high school it was not 100% Maker's anymore. Um <laughs> So that was my first introduction to it. And then one of my first memories of of bourbon was actually uh, Four Roses at the bus stop. So I I, I mentioned, you know, Four Roses at the bus stop? Four Roses at the bus stop. On a really good night, the winos would get a pint of Four Roses. So back in the day, you could get a pint of Four Roses that was just essentially low budget, you know, rot gut, before the Japanese bought it, took it to Japan, and didn't sell it here for 20 years and reintroduce it as a, as a premium brand. Right. So so that was those were my first experiences. But then as an adult, you know, really enjoyed it, really enjoy a good old-fashioned, which I understand Barb's a great old... So I'm going to have to try one of those before I get out of here. There so, you go. And uh, um, so enjoyed old-fashions. And then, you know, as bourbon became more popular, I, I got interested in, and... I had some good friends from high school, have some good friends from high school. We, we do all kinds of stuff together. So we had, we were getting together and, uh, and I had a decent collection, um, but I didn't really have anything that I thought would be fun and interesting. So I went over and saw Amon and, and picked up a few bottles at, at his place when, when he still had, uh, was it Red Castle? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, went, went and picked up a few bottles there and, and, uh,
0: it sort of grew from there. right. Now, you don't know the rules, so we put a couple of drops of water in here. There's there's a dropper there, but I saw you guys dive in with the water. So, what are we getting after we add a little bit of water on this? Barbara's finally got an opinion. All right. We're, we're glad she, she came to the show.
1: Okay. <clears throat> Before I get to the water. Okay.
0: Be, be nice now, remember.
1: <laughs> I am being nice. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it took me a long time to pinpoint what it was I was tasting. All right. Um, I mean, again, like I said, I got that licorice and that toffee and that stone fruit, Um, but on the taste, I was getting a lot of cloves, but then English breakfast tea. Really?
0: Like an Earl Grey
1: English? No, 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 no. English breakfast tea. They're different.
0: She didn't say Earl Grey. I I, I equate those as being very similar. Mm. I'm not the tea snob that Barbara is, but... (laughs) But to me, Earl Grey and English, they, they're very similar in, in, I guess, the taste sort of, but not the same. It, it's its almost like a flavor profile, not necessarily the actual taste. But it's, I see where you're coming from from saying that, though.
1: It's the difference between a regular Four Roses and a regular and a Four Roses small batch. Yeah. They're very similar, yes, but there's definitely a huge difference yeah. when you really get to diving into it.
0: You're probably and you probably have a lot more of those fancy teas that go in the little balls and then you soak them and and, and all that type of stuff. The, oh, the yeah, whole she, grain, whole leaf stuff, yes, right? Oh yeah, uh, she likes that. I, I drink that out of a tea bag, so
1: straight from London. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> straight from London. Oh, see, fancy schmancy, you know, up here. She had to bring some stuff back last time we went. What 2017? Yeah. So, but yeah, some old fancy okay. schmancy stuff. Now
1: afterwards. All right. Afterwards, with on water. the nose. Yep. All of a sudden, all I'm getting is fruit.
0: Yeah, and don't I get, get fruit. any
1: absolutely nothing. I think that's but coming from fruit. an
0: armagnac. You mm-hmm. know, it's I think it's really pulling off the nose for that. But yeah, it's definitely a little bit more. I, I think honestly, more cherries coming through, and I get a little bit of like grape or like. Uh, I was mo- I was interpreting
3: it a little bit as almost like a whopper. Like whenever you open up the whoppers, you get a little bit of milk chocolate. Oh, like
0: that chocolate malt yeah, smell. The chocolate yeah, chocolate malt smell. I and, could say that
3: because I was like going whoa.
0: Yeah, I, I get that a lot more on my left nostril than on my right. I'm getting more fruit on the right. So
1: so on the nose, it's it's all fruit for me. I'm not getting anything else. On the taste, though, I am getting where Nick is coming with the Whopper. Um, but I'm also getting um, like a plum almost.
3: Yeah, there's a, like a little bit of a red fruit flavor at the aftertaste. Yeah, it's of the more aftertaste. of a
1: plum than like an apricot. Dark, or, dark fruit. Yeah, yeah, dark than I do on that nose. That nose, I'm still getting more like apricot light
0: on the bridge of my nose it's weird it's almost it, it changes the depth of the of the nose mm-hmm. it does i'm trying to figure out what that is it's weird i don't know whatever it is, it's good i'm really enjoying this it's 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 not batch 1 i don't know if you guys have had batch 1 or not but it's not batch 1 it's no. pretty daggone good but it's not batch 1 the only thing other thing i might
3: get out a little bit is just kind of like a really light hint of wood or seasoned wood out of it i can't really put, pinpoint you know if it's what particular wood it is but i just get that just a really light note like in the in the nose
0: let's dive into this starlight embryonic cask this one's one it's, it's gonna blow your mind vaughn i promise you i promise you i'm looking forward to it yeah i'm gonna
3: have to prepare for this i gotta i gotta rinse you <laughs> gotta
0: clear yeah you gotta clean the palate a little bit you want some water vaughn yeah please if you don't mind Thank but you. uh this one's uh it, it's I, I like i said it's one of the most unique pours i've had over the last four or five years um And mainly because it's just there's so much spice typically to these things and i haven't i haven't even tried this one or smelled this one yet but you know what i've what i've gotten off of most of the ones that i've drank has been a ton of like cinnamon some cardamom like apple pie baking spices um very reminiscent once you get into like the mid palate and stuff like that you get like i get a lot of snickerdoodle some some cookie um dough like type stuff but I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll we'll smell and dive in. Bar- Barb's yeah, already it over smells there. Smells like sugar cookie. I yeah, mean,
3: it really does smell like a sugar cookie. Yeah, it's a, it's really amazing. Um, was about literally about I'll say about six months, uh, seven months ago. Um, Scott was uh, very beneficial in bringing us samples because I had been looking for a cigar batch, either whether it be the one that rise or one of the regular bourbons, for about four to five months. They were going for like two hundred, three hundred dollars on secondary. It was really silly on how much they were going uh out for. And this actual bottle that you're tasting was one of the first ones I got at uh the uh Easter
0: egg hunt that Starlight put on. April Fool's Day bottle. It 4-1. is yeah, <laughs> four one. Yeah. Four and is. a half year old, hundred and thirteen point eight proof. But dude, I mean like like, I've already started smelling this one. Like, almost everything that I said, without even smelling yeah. it, like, it's cinnamon. A little yeah, bit of that no, dough no cookie.
3: No, you're right.
2: It's snickerdoodle. It's yeah. not a sugar cookie. It's yeah. a
3: snickerdoodle. Yeah, because he... Yeah. It, it's
2: got
1: the, that spice. It does. That spice yeah, of that sure. cinnamon into it.
3: And there's some some a lot of people that, that don't know what a snickerdoodle is.
1: No, I figured that out, and I'm like... <clears throat> we've,
3: <clears throat> we've had some people over to sample some of these uh, cigar batches before, and we're, like, going, all right, smell it, taste it. Tell us what you think about it. And then we're like going to us, it's like a snickerdoodle. And they go, what's a snickerdoodle?
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm a nerd in that situation because I ran the cookie companies for so long um, right out of high school while I was, you know, putting the wife through college and, 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 and learning myself up a little bit. But so I know what a snickerdoodle is because I made a billion of them. But, man, I tell you what, the nose on these things are just so oh, unique, man. Yeah, so unique. It's really. Unique. I was
3: very happy on this batch that I was able mm. to get because it hit all the main points that I had known about the bottle and tasted priorly with a prior podcast on yeah it's got um, good legs too mm-hmm. oh yes
0: so uh, what, what are you getting on this one Nick have you already taken a pull
3: oh I've already taken a pull
0: all right what do you, what do you got while I take a little sip oh sure go and take a drink after I ask you what you think yeah I don't know it's one of those
3: <laughs> things it's like one you know it you you get that great mouth feel that it's, it's hard to describe what a mouthfeel is to people who've never dealt with it before, but it's that viscosity that it lingers. It just stays in your mouth and it lingers for a long time, and you get that really nice. You still get that cinnamon flavor that kind of, and it's not like you know, like the pure cinnamon. It's like the baking cinnamon. Yeah, it's it's very light. It uh, mixes with that cinnamon
0: sugar just a little bit, and so um, what's that fancy cinnamon? It's uh oh. is it is it like Mexican cinnamon or is it like I know what you're talking about I don't know I don't it, know. It's an exotic cinnamon but I'm trying to think of exactly where it's from but like my wife has some in the in, in the spice cabinet but but yeah it's like that type of cinnamon it's yes. not like your typical it's not yeah. It's not like your t- typical
3: go get your bottom dollar cinnamon pour or something. Yeah, it's not your Kroger cinnamon. Yeah, exactly. But it and it just lingers, and then then at the very end of that palette, you just kind of get a little of that tobacco that just
0: kind of just yeah. sits there on t- that back. Tobacco, a little bit of cardamom. I, I call I almost equate it all to like a like apple pie spice, like cardamom, ginger. Um, cinnamon all nutmeg. those type of things nutmeg yes mm-hmm. i, I kind of get that drop in that flavor on that A little bit of cloves a little bit of clove that's 100%. where a little bit of that spice is yep. as well that's where i think some of the tobacco is coming from too kind of reminds Agreed. you of those old, mm-hmm. old school de Jorum cigarettes you remember those year did you ever smoke any of those yeah? no huh no you don't know what i'm talking about what, what were they They're like clove cigarettes they were the black cigarettes like oh yeah I'm sure I smoked them at some time. You place. probably smoked them at some time. <laughs> All right. I was I was like I was like, come on, man. I, yeah. I know you've been to enough parties. I know you've probably yeah. at least had, no, no, no. Once had you, to take once a little bit more yeah, a yeah. lot yeah, I of wasn't hard. talking about like the illegal stuff. I'm talking yeah, about like the, well, the, the, the the little black cigarettes, you know, that like yeah. real long and come in the long skinny boxes. No, yep. I don't know if
3: you've had it before, but um, I recently got Barbara uh, into cigars. And she is now a cigar smoker.
0: She's drinking the acid
3: blondie number yes. ones or something, yeah. probably. No, it was it was the blondies, and they match up amazing. I bet with they this do. I bet they go really it, well because those acid blondies are very sweet, right? And just kind of lingers that sweetness on the lips. And when you pair it with this, it's
0: amazing. So it, Vaughn, absolutely, you either love this or hate it. What do oh, you think? I love it. I think you, do, you know like what's
2: it? what's interesting to me is, and I'd, I'd not had I'd not had one of these before is just how soft it is on your palate oh like yes. it is it's weird that it you, when you drink a lot of other whiskeys it it immediately, you know, it it flows back to the palate. This almost just
0: lays there. I mean, it's really. It's 113 proof, too. I mean, you'd never guess it's 113. No, Mm -hmm. no, not not in a million years. It drinks like 90, 95 proof. No,
3: absolutely. I get where you're talking about where it's really soft on the palate because there are things that you get that Kentucky hug, you get the little mouth chew, mouth feel, you know, that kind of stings or kind of gives that tingle a little bit. And this does not, especially for that proof of being 113, it just kind of lays there, and it's yeah. just it's
0: soft. I'll tell you the, the Amarana, too, and and, and and this has been very reminiscent of all of them, even the hundred hundred uh, proof ones and things like that. They come out with terrific legs on these things. I mean, look at that. I mean, it's hugging the glass every bit of it, and it just it takes forever to roll down. So, and
2: it's definitely spicy. Oh you can, yeah, you can taste the you know the spice stays with you, but not in a not in a bad way. I mean, it just no keeps you warm but it's it's different
0: right like i mean it's just it's so different from anything i've tried in forever i mean like i said i've I've drank a lot of bourbon i think i when i looked at my notes it was something like over 12 11 1200 over the last couple of years that i've drank and it's a dumb number because of the simple number of barrel picks and like interviewing in literally sometimes you're going to a Rick house and like Master Distiller, be like, here, let's go try this. Let's try, this. and literally, you drink twenty barrels before you know. And then you you got to stay there two hours, to, you know, somewhat sober up to drive home or whatever. But I mean, it's ridiculous the number of you know bourbons I've tried over the years. That, matter of fact, that, that's Add how I'm. Add a drop at. of water. Add a drop of water. See, I'm am an anti-water guy on this one, but we're, I'm, I'm going to do it for science purposes because that's what Barbara said. Blah blah blah. For science, for science, we're doing this. We're yes. doing it for science.
3: Yeah, it's just one drop. I'm not doing anymore. Uh, yeah. It's not worth it. Oh. That's me.
0: That's all good. <laughs> so, Barbara, y- y- you toast to add water. Now you mm-hmm. explain why you want us to add water.
1: I'm more intrigued to hear what he tastes different first before I start saying things. All right.
0: So the nose milds out. You lose a little bit of that chewy, doughy smell.
2: Wow. It it, it really takes out the, the cinnamon. Like it, it takes out the the sugar cookie in it. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it
3: really makes it taste like other whiskeys. For me, the nose... The- Clove starts to really pop mm. on the nose, and you, yeah. you do. And you're absolutely right, it uh, it removes that sweet aspect that is contained in the cigar batch. It's like that that sugar, cinnamon, snickerdoodle, whatever you want to call it, it just magically kind of disappears. You get a little bit of a ripe pop on there, yeah, yeah, that yep. lingers a little
0: bit, yeah, yeah. I still think the cinnamon and some of the, the like you said, the clovey type stuff comes yep. through, but you're right, the cookie dough, that, that sweetness, that
1: sweetness and, goes. All yeah. the way away. But
0: but we've discussed this a hundred times, right? When you add water yes. to anything that's a high rye, whether it's a high rye bourbon or a high rye whiskey, typically the rye really, it, it accentuates the rye, which doesn't make any sense. I don't know no. if you've ever thought about it, but typically, for some strange reason, rye always pops when you add water to it. Very, very seldom does it, like, completely mellow out that that spice that rye brings forward. Right. Yeah, but it, it,
2: it is interesting. Like, on the front of it, it, it goes away, but then as it lingers you 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 pick it back up again it's really it's really fascinating
1: on the without the water it hits you really quick and just kind of lingers there and then eventually it goes back whereas when you add the water it hits and then it lingers on the way down
0: exactly a lot more of the kentucky hug i guess even though it's an indiana bourbon
1: well it's not even (laughs) necessarily the hug it's it's not that burn
0: it's a hoosier hug
1: it's it's definitely more of a flavor that you're getting instead of that hug.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. But I mean, but it does, it does bring, it, it, it goes from your mid palate to your rear palate and it, and it stays, it still stays above the collarbone. It's not like one of those deep, deep, you know, <laughs> burns you up. I've got some stuff that'll do that to you, but.
3: <laughs> the Hoosier choker. <laughs> the
0: Hoosier choker, wow. <laughs> so, but definitely a unique pour for sure. So, any any neat stories you got for us, Vaughn? Like, what's your favorite bourbon of all time? Let's let, let's do some cheap, easy stuff for you. Some some nice, easy hitters. Favorite bourbon of all time. Yep. Doesn't I, matter if it's easily readily available or not. What what what's your favorite pour you've ever had?
2: You know, that's a hard question because I, there are so many different good ones. Now, now,
0: now you can't you can't cop out on me. Now you got you got to dive in deep here. I'm I'm a GTS fan, so I'm going to go George T. Stagg. And then if you want me to get real specific, I'll say probably like. 07 or maybe 2016. That's pretty specific. That's pretty specific. <laughs> Gosh, you know, I, I I would
2: have to say I do have I do have a bottle of the original Lebo. Yeah. And I think that's the most unique f- and and most enjoyable pour that I've had. Gotcha. Uh, it's it's I think it's because it's so different. Yeah. Like a, lo- a lot of them I, I I've enjoyed, you know, a lot of different bourbons, but that one was to me probably one of the more unique
0: after having having a lot of others. I so. love it. It was somebody that's got as as a good a collection as you do and, and you throw out something that you now it's worth some money now, but I mean originally that wasn't a horrible one to find, you know. It's not like the not like the boss hogs. That that's true. I've gotten a little obsessive on those. Yeah. So which is crazy My
2: favorite? my favorite story though, and I think you've heard this story, is All I, right. I bought off the shelf now again, among true bourbon aficionados, this is not as impressive as it is, you know, to most lay people, but I bought off-the-shelf Pappy Van Winkle 23-year bottle number 11. I paid $139 for it off-the-shelf. What year was that? That would have been in 2003. Oh, that's old Stitzel Weller juice. And, uh, oh, yeah, definitely. The, the only good news in that is is that I still have the bottle, even though I drank it all. <laughs> okay. But
3: I still have the bottle and the bag and the tag. I'm there about to say that that's
2: bottle keeping, and tag.
3: keeping something that, that has that bottle number on it is
2: amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that was my one fun story and heartbreak because it'd be, you know, it'd be a fairly valuable bottle if I still had the juice in it. I think it's
0: probably a fairly valuable bottle just as a bottle. I mean, it could be. I don't know. You, you know, know nev- I've never looked into that aspect of bourbon. Like what's a bottle worth after it's been, you know, kind of drank and all that stuff. Because if that's the case, I mean, I would think, like, some of those, like, old, old vintage, like, Neptune bottles that Old Forrester released back in the 50s and 60s and stuff like that, I would think some of those have got to be worth some big money because those things are super, super neat, and, like, they were ahead of their time, and as far as the the decanter game goes, I guess would be the best way of putting it.
3: Sure. Yeah, some of those decanters that have, were released during like 60s, 70s and 80s were wow. Yeah. Yes. Seen, I've seen yes. some of the, like the Eagle rare ones where it's the big bald eagle and you just take the head off and you pour.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, the very double eagle rares. Yeah, yep. those things are crazy. And then you had some that were actually the actual like ceramic can- decanters. Is that what the one you're talking yeah. about? Okay, yeah, the I thought you were talking one. about the crystal bottles. What I no, thought you no, talking no, about. No,
3: no, no. no, no. Not, not that $20,000 yeah, bottle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably buy the, the that uh that old eagle rare ceramic one probably off the
0: shelf for oh like, yeah back in the day about yeah. 50 60 bucks yeah. it's crazy wow yeah. probably way less than that i mean most of those are from i think the 70s and 80s so uh, that's they're true. probably yeah. probably 20 bucks 20 bucks it's yeah. amazing 15 20 bucks yeah. so crazy so we had two unique pours we learned a little bit about Vaughn and learned a bit learned a little bit about axiom and uh l- let's rate these bad boys if we if we were going to Shoplift it or buy it or you know whatever you're going to do with it. You know which one do you prefer? Which one's the which one's the best of the two that you tried today? And uh, did you like it neater with a with a drop of water? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. You go first. All right. Yeah. For me, um, cigar batch. You know it was
3: like love at first taste for me. You know it's it's always good. Um, and you know any many of the different versions, expressions. There's little change in it. And yeah. That's that's always been enjoyable. That you could always get it. And you would pretty much know what it's going to taste like. Now I'm not going to badmouth any of some of the re- recent releases that probably aren't as complex, but the standard single barrel bottles. So are
0: those. you a cookie da- a cookie dough with, a, with with no water, or do you want you know, or do you want the water? No water. No water. I, right.
3: I, I enjoy that sweetness because if that that sweetness pairs with a cigar like no
0: other. All right, Barb.
1: <laughs> it's going to depend on my mood. <laughs>
0: oh God, here we go. I hear a story coming. Up. <laughs>
1: But for tonight, um, I think I'm going to have to go with the uh, Bardstown. The Chateau, all right. Mm -hmm. Um, With a drop of water. With a
0: drop of water. Gotcha. All right.
2: And then the other one. Mm -hmm. All right, Vaughn. I got to go hands down the Carl T. cigar batch.
0: You like no, that? Water, no, no water,
2: no water. Absolutely. All right, absolutely. I, yeah, no, that's. I am gonna
0: make it three out of four. I am gonna go with the Carl T, the Cigar Batch, as being my favorite. No water. I want everything neat though. You all know me. I am a high proof guy, but uh, definitely. I mean, there is just something about those, like you said, Nick. They just they just hit a little different. You know, it's something unique, and you know the funny thing is, I, I actually and, and we didn't get to try one tonight, but the rise are just. Phew the bees knees i love those ryes man there's just something about how it how it really really brings some of those fruit forward notes on that rye and just just really really marries it in really well so well all right so so von if, if folks want to find you how do they do that
2: uh we're we're available you can you can email us at contact us at axiom fsg f as in frank s as in sam g as in com or visit our website uh same address and uh Phone number is eight one two nine one three seven seven zero one.
0: An axiom is A X I O M. Is that correct? M as in Mary. That's right. M axiom. as in Mary. Yep, axiom. That is correct. Good deal. Good deal. And, and if you're closely know,
2: held principle or truth.
0: Okay, uh, that that's that must be some kind of a like disclaimer. No,
2: that's that's what axiom means. It stands
0: oh. for? Oh, oh, that's what it stands for. Oh, yeah. well, look at me. I learned something new today. <laughs> there you go. Personally, held what now? It, it is a closely held principle or truth. A closely held principle or truth. Look at me. I didn't know that. Awesome. I learned yeah. something new today. Got to You got to learn something every day? That was my one thing. There you go. I'm glad, I'm glad you got that in at 8 o'clock at night or whatever time it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and it's time to be real if you all don't know what be real is. We'll talk about that on another episode. So, But if you want to find Bourbon Barrel Talk, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, the Twitter. You can also email us at bourbonbarreltalk at gmail.com. Um, If you want to find our episodes, you can download them on Spotify, Apple iTunes, any of your other podcast networks. If you find a podcast network that we're not on, let me know. I'll make sure I get it put out there. This is Scott, Barbara, Nick, and Vaughn signing off. Peace out.